Have you ever felt stuck or like you're going in motions, the same old circle again and again and again? Well, friends, we might have the answer for you this week as we enter into God's refining fire about how God wants you to grow as a new believer, as a wondering believer, as a Christian. You feel stuck because it's time to grow. And tonight, we're going to embark on that journey. So enter in through God's refining fire as we talk about growing in God. What's up, Refined Mama fam? It's Kenzie here and... The Mr. Kevin Grantland <laughs> of the Grantland household. Hello, everybody. <laughs> the Mr. <laughs> Glasses pushed up on your nose. I did push my glasses up. <laughs> He doesn't wear glasses. Well, you guys, we are so excited to um, be here together, ministering the word of the Lord. And um, yeah, we're excited. You got anything for the people? Uh, I'm, I'm excited to be back on the Refined Mama, within the Refined Mama, just because uh, from the outside looking in and listening in, I can, I, I, I can hear and I can see how amazing this is and... Uh, Anytime I get to be a part of it, I think I'm, uh, I have that little bit of excitement in my, in my gut. It's... You guys should see my office. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is going to make for a great testimony one day. Oh, it's the humble beginnings, baby. We are in a storage room. Literally. We're, yeah. we're in, I mean, we got notes on I'm our I'm looking at the vacuum finance. and the broom and the Swiffer wet jet. At least we keep it clean, dog. And I'm also, <laughs> behind me is cleaning supplies, paper towels, shelves. Uh, wet wipes for the gym, you know, those little canisters where you... Y'all, I am currently in a storage unit. That's what my husband thinks about. No, no, I'm kidding. No. We're just utilizing space here. <laughs> mm. But it's awesome because it'll make it's going to make for a powerful, humble beginnings, baby. Starting from the bottom. It is written. The humble beginnings and our ladder that look the best is yet to come. It's gonna make we me gonna... really appreciative there of that office go. and that big desk with them shelves and like that couch that I can go take a nap on and then have like the nursery in there so like my kids can take a nap also and like watch Elmo and Miss Rachel. Yeah, I hope that's not in your office for real. Also, like, a personal fridge. No, you did fridge. not already design your office, hun. Great. I want lots of windows, okay? Yes. yes. All right, mark this day, y'all. Office loading. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, y'all, let's get started. I thought I would ask Kevin a couple of questions. Okay, are you ready? She hasn't ran this by me yet. Drum roll, please. I need to be on the other side of your bed. Would you rather be bald or have a mullet? All day long. Why? Because your brother's bald? No. I, I want to mull it for a little while, but I guarantee you in less than 72 hours, I'm going. I think I'll have a unique. Once I get over the milk, the milk dud, I think I'll, I'll embrace the milk dud. The milk dud? Milk dud. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> milk duds are bald. Oh, Lord. Hashtag. Oh, my God. Okay, so would you rather have a clone of yourself or a clone of me? Choose wisely. 
that's easy. A clone of myself. Like, I don't want one of you. I don't want two of you. You're right. I'd probably be jealous. Yeah. <laughs> I, that is a setup. That's an easy one. Clone of me. And then I can do all the mowing, all the blowing of the driveway. I can do... I can I can be more productive. Are like you kidding you me? And I can I can always because, be ready to cuddle with you. Yes, listen. While the other Kevin does all the things, <laughs> you can always be present with me. And now hold on. No more mowing for six hours. No more. Sure. I don't know what else takes your time. We don't talk about the things Basically I do because I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> it's just mowing and blowing. Now it's going to be blowing leaves. These leaves are coming. Y'all, I'm that. Oh, y'all. What do you want to talk about Kevin's uh, love for taking the, the leaf blower and blowing rocks off of the gravel, gravel driveway? Okay, we're just going to leave that right there. The upper part of the driveway is gravel. The lower part is definitely blacktop, and no one likes it. She doesn't understand that <laughs> while she's now walking on the black top there's not a whole bunch of little pebbles everywhere nobody likes walking on pebbles y'all i'm that wife that okay like i'm my if he says he's gonna be in at 7 30 like mm -hmm. you bet you better be in at 7 30 or i am on the front porch with the baby patting her butt on my hip saying come on i'm staring with this confused look like why are you manning the land that we are acquiring like and i'm like mm, <laughs> gotta get my hands dirty I ain't scared. Well, that's it for the game show today of Family Feud. That's all. There's no feud here. There's no feud. Mark that down. We, we are aligned. We are aligned. Well, praise God. We hope you all enjoyed that. So let's hop straight into the word of God. The Lord is calling his people to grow. Some of us, even right now, uh, feel stuck. We feel like we're not moving forward, we're not moving backward, we're just kind of stuck. And, you know, you might have these thoughts of, you know, maybe boredom or discontent. Maybe there's some frustration. But God is calling you to move forward. And God's wanting you to remove, move yourself out of that stuck place because it's time to grow. And um, so this is your challenge right now. And this is, this is probably going to be a, a series. We'll continue this on. Um, but tonight, we want to talk about Christian maturity. We want to talk about you growing in God. And even if you're not a believer and you're listening to this, it's time for you to grow into Christ. Because that's another reason why you could feel stuck. Because you're not a believer. You're not a Christian. And you're not identifying with the one who created you. You keep going in these circles and these circles and these circles trying to find who you are. But you'll never find who you are if you don't identify with the right person. If you don't identify with the one who created you. And the truth of the matter is that um, many of us could say, oh, I don't believe in God. Or I believe in Buddha or Allah or I believe in whomever. Um, whatever God you want to choose. But the truth is there's only one big G. And that's their original the original God, and that is um, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, all three in one. And the only way you get to the Father is through Jesus, his Son. He said there, there's many ways, but there's only one way to the Father, and that's through his Son, Jesus Christ. Um. And there's no other way to get to God. Yes, there's many religions, but there's only one way 
Somebody look at your neighbor and say one way. One way. To get to the Father who is in heaven. And we're here to usher you into that place. And so we want you to grow because we are built to grow. We are built to grow and not to remain stagnant. And so, um, Kevin, what do you want to share with the people? Well, my first, as you're sitting there talking, I'm, I'm just sitting there smiling on the inside. And uh, I may lose my notes and praise God, then I'll just go over whatever the Holy Ghost wants me to do. That's how we like to operate anyway. Is all that you were just now saying, I was just thinking to myself and I'm like, my goodness, like I would be so stuck and I wouldn't grow if I didn't know who he was. And if I wasn't so interested and intrigued to find out who God is, I can't even say who God is without thinking, I mean, in my spirit, in my mind, Jesus. And we, we as believers, we, we, we like to operate in, in the spirit, but I just want to stay right there, who God is. And then we turn to Jesus. And I always start with the word. Because, I mean, if, if we're going to have a clue, I mean, even the conscience of an unction day to day, day in and day out of who God is, we have to start with the word and the Holy Bible. And I was absolutely knocked on my on my heels. I was literally taken on my heels when a few of the the, the facts about the Bible just arose and just continuously kind of showed itself to me. The Bible being 66 books written by 40 different writers. And the, those writers were shepherds, kings, priests, scholars, fishermen, and prophets over a span of a hundred years excuse me, a thousand, five hundred years, fifteen hundred years. And that the Bible being, my, my goodness, I mean, by far the highest sold and, and still being distributed today, we're getting ready to start distributing them at the gym. Uh, and I love that the Bible itself is one of those, one, one, one of those, it's, it, it's a right now, it's a book written over 2000 years ago, literally thousands of years ago, but it's still so relevant and it's still so right now. I love that about the word, the living word is what I like to call it. Mm -hmm. And the Bible itself, I love how many inter intertwining facts there are about the Bible. Like, like the Bible almost checks itself and someone that, that did a lot more studying than I did found thousands, I mean thousands of intersecting facts, one fact leading into another, almost confirming or checking itself. And there was, the, and, and scholars could not find anything that double, that, that, that um, um, proved itself inaccurate. And historians use the Bible to find old cities that have been left in ruins for hundreds and thousands of years and um, old kings, um, priests, um, um, even all of the uh, known characters in the Bible. And they, they've literally used it almost as a map. And they found cities that were talked about that weren't even talked about in any other book, but they were found like cities, towns, and, and uh, territories were, were, were literally dug up and proved to be true. Praise the Lord. And I, um, 
one thing that I love to point out about God and yes, who is God and Jesus so that I can get to know him and identify with him better is I like to call, uh, well, we all also like to call him the great I am because he is the great I am. I like to say he is and he is the source of life. And in the beginning, this is John 1, 1 through 4. In the beginning was the word. One of the reasons why I started with the word of God, the Bible itself. In the beginning, he, or excuse me, was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. And he was in the beginning with God. And all these things made through, through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. Praise God. And he is the only way to God. Kinsey just brought this up. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but except through me. Praise God. And I always respect that. John 14, verse 6. And then we go to James 1, 5. He is the source of, of truth. If any of you lacks wisdom... Let him ask of God who gives to all, to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. I, I, I love that word itself. He is the source of love. Hallelujah. He is the source of joy, joy unspeakable. He is the source of peace. And in John 14, 27, he says, peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Thank you, John 14, 27. And he gives us a new identity. One of the things that, that, that we're referencing here, where, uh, I mean, it's a hot topic today. We all are looking to identify with something. And the men and women of God, we get to identify with the most high. We get to identify with the one who gives us our identity. Praise God. And therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. One of the reasons why we have to be born again, wherever there is confusion, wherever there's discontentment, wherever there's, there is, there, there's a lack of, di of direction. Speaking to all the, all the disciples out there, we need to be born again. So that in 2 Corinthians 5.17, very popular verse, can be made true in those who are searching and those who are looking. And those who are desiring that fulfillment and they want that identity. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Hallelujah. And in Romans 8, 11, one of the one of my favorite chat or uh, uh, books is Romans. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. That identifies with the fact that the spirit of God dwells in us. And if that doesn't, doesn't leave you with a, with, a, with a reassurance that the road that you're on, he is a part of it. He is the center of it. He is going with you. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. Hallelujah. And through that fact, you knowing that he's with you, he's 
and my, my wife mentioned Buddha and Allah and all and, and so on and so forth. They don't go. They have no. They, they don't go with you. We have a loving father that desires to be with you. One of my one of my joys day in and day out is I get to on a daily basis be with my daughter. And the, the Holy Spirit dwells with us. He never leaves us. Just stay devote, de devout to him. Stay with your focus on him. Stay with your sin and stay just constantly desiring to be in his will. And he dwells in you. He dwells with you. Praise God. He gives us life purpose. He gives eternal life. Hallelujah. He gives, he, he forgives sin and sets us free from them. He just doesn't forgive it. He, he will set us free from them. I remember for over 11 years, I was addicted to alcohol. The last five years of my addiction, I drank two-fifths a night. I averaged two-fifths a night. I obsessed about it when I wasn't drinking. I always knew when I was going to get my next drink. And he took the obsession. He took the desires. And he, and he, as soon as I accepted Christ in his life, not to say that I didn't think about it ever, ever again. I thought about it many times. But he took the desire away. I, I, I literally replaced that thought with absolutely not. Hallelujah. Don't be filled with access, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that nothing can distort your judgment any longer, but you are led by the Holy Spirit and you are so filled with the Holy Spirit. You're not filled with addiction. You're not filled with alcohol. You're not filled with marijuana. You're not filled with drugs anymore, which, mm -hmm. you know, when you're filled with those things, your whole life is dictated by that. You wake up for that drink. You go to bed. For that substance when you wake up you got to figure out how your neck's fine or what time you're going to get started mm. but that's why the lord says don't be filled with those things because those things dictate your judgment but, but be filled with the holy spirit i want to be dictated by by the father's judgment by the father's wisdom by by the father's love by the father's peace by the father's kindness by his fruit of the spirit praise the lord and while I'm going through all of what he is, and I'm just scratching the surface, guys, because he not, not only does he comfort us in 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 our sorrow, he is comfort in our sorrow. He is the key to our overcoming life and everything that life uh, tries to offer us or tempts or tempts us. I like to address him in such a way. A lot of like. I, I can't even remember many prayers that I enter into where I don't ex exalt one or 20 of his names, where I just, I just call him for who he is. And because I, I multiple times per day, I re-identify, I, I recall out some of his names that he is to me and what, what, what he will never not be to me. It keeps it fresh on a, I want to continue to learn about him because it, it, a it never gets old and we could not out. He has so many names. He is so that's why he calls himself the great I am. Mm -hmm. And he is. And I, 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 I'll make it one of my life missions to to try to find out all that who he is, because that is just fulfilling to me.
I don't need to search anything else because I, I am, I am fixated on figuring out who he is and he's the great I am. He's my father. He is my friend. He is my counselor. He is my shelter. He is my refuge. He is my firm foundation. He is my direction. He's my, he's my, he's my navigation. Cause I need turn by turn. My sense of direction is not all that on this road. Right. And I need, and, and anytime I need comfort, he's, He's a comforter. Any anytime I need correction, he will convict me. Anytime I need need to be more patient, he shows me and gives me all the opportunities I need to be patient. Thank you, Kenzie and Keziah. Yeah. Uh, he gives me when 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 I I start thinking too hard about money. I am your I am your provider. You are searching in the right place. Hallelujah. Thank you for putting me first. So now that I can fill your storehouses, praise God. He is all of these things for me and, and to me. And now I get to set my life around proving that because of who he is, this is what, this is who I am now becoming. I am now a husband. I am now a father. I am now a kingdom minded business owner that is going to structure his business around kingdom minded facts and, and activities and actions. Praise God. The center is the fact that Yes, God is all these things, but he showed all of these things by sending Jesus. And this is what our faith is now centered around, the fact that he desires us so deeply because of who he is. He sent his only begotten son that so whoever may believe in him will not perish in this wretched world, but they will have eternal life with the with the I, the great I am and the fact that he did that oh my goodness now I get to follow Jesus follow his footprints and in the bible it is there is over 300 prophecies 300 prophetic words that came forth many before he was even born in regards to who he is the messiah that's coming and the in the fact that Jesus walking the earth only 33 years he fulfilled every single one of them. The chances of that happening is literally impossible. The number is too great to even say here on the on the airwaves because it, it would break the airwaves. I'm just kidding. But the fact that this man, Jesus, walked this earth and then died for us so that whoever may believe in him and accept him into his heart as his Lord and Savior, I can spend eternity with the father sign me up praise god well i love one of the things you said like one of the first things we have to recognize and believe is that we are born sinners and in order to come to christ we have to come to that acknowledgement that in our flesh and apart from god where our righteousness is but nothing but filthy rags it's it's dead works it's it gets us nowhere you know a lot of a lot of people will weigh on that fact. Well, I'm a good person. Mm. Some will say I don't drink or, mm. you know, I do good works. I, I give to the needy or, you know, I, I'm not out there doing this, cussing everybody out or, you know, I'm friendly to people or, you know, a lot of people try to rely on that. I'm a good person, but you guys, a good person is not going to get you to heaven. Your good works is not going to get you to heaven. Your good deeds are not going to get you to heaven. Your, you know, repentance is 
and no 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 change is is not going to get you to heaven. And that's why in Hebrews 6 and 1, it says, Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God. God wants you all to move forward. But first things first is you have to recognize that you are a sinner. You have to recognize and come to this intersection moment that, okay, I realize I have been wandering in my flesh for too long. I've been doing it my own way for too long. I've been trying to manufacture my own life for too long because I feel like, you know, I'm, I, you know, what God provides for me is not greater than what, um, I can provide for myself. Manufacturing relationships, manufacturing jobs, manufacturing homes and your, what you can do with your own hands. And not trusting God, not trusting God with your life. So much as so holding on to your life and never letting God, believing, confessing Jesus with your mouth, but never giving him your life. Mm -hmm. That's not going to get you to heaven. Coming to Christ and getting to know Christ, giving your life to Christ means laying down your life. Everything. Surrender. Coming to Christ looks like surrender. A surrendering of no longer holding on to what you can do in your own strength. No longer, you know, holding on to things that you feel like you just can't give up. One of those things that our generation or any generation will say, uh, even I, I have to test it before I drive it or, or, or before I buy it. I ha no, that doesn't, when you are in Christ, that does not matter. That is a worldly standard and that is a worldly rule. No, you trust God with your marriage. You trust God with the spouse that God sent to you and you better bet your bottom dollar. He'll bless your marriage. Yeah. He'll bless your intimacy with that. So to, to think that, you know, one of the things that kept um, men from God, even in the beginnings, and it's been, it's carried on is the pride of life to think that whatever you can do with your own life is better than what God can do for you. The pride of life, the lust of your flesh, Crave your cravings. What do you crave? Do you crave alcohol? Do you crave addictions? Do you crave male affection or women's attention? Do you crave pornography? Do you crave the things of this world? What is your flesh yearning for? But the people who are in God crave his bread. The people who are in God crave his water. And then the lust of your eyes. Your eyes are a gateway. What are you watching? What are you listening to? And it's time for those who there, you know, as the Lord come coming back, he's coming to, for the people who are fully, fully surrendered to him. So the first question we need to ask ourselves is, are we fully surrendered? We need to look at our life, analyze every part of our life and line it up with the word of God, line it up with the spirit of God and ask ourselves, is this area of my life surrendered to God? And if it's not surrendered and you're holding on to it, then ask yourself, why am I holding on to it? Because remember, it's the pride of life. It's the lust of the flesh. It's the lust of the eyes that keeps us from surrendering our lives to God. It's the, those three things keep us in this place of sin to think that we are our own God and we can control this part of our life, but we'll let God have the rest. Newsflash, God is coming back for the remnant who's fully surrendered.
And so in this, God wants us to grow. And there are six stones, six foundational stones to being a Christian. And that is one, repentance. The second one is faith. These are, are the groundwork of our of our of our walk. These are the conditions for becoming a Christian, which are repentance and believing in God. And then over the next couple of weeks, we'll go over the other four um, foundational principles or the foundational stones. But let's start with the groundwork. What it takes to become a Christian, the conditions for being a, a Christian, and that starts with repentance. That's the number one stone for anybody. The first things first, we must recognize that we are sinners and we need salvation. We need a God to come save us from our wicked ways. And so the first step is repentance. And that word in, in Hebrew is metatonian. And I could be pronouncing that wrong. I didn't even ask Google to, for to trans or to pronounce that for me. But metatonian is to change one's mind. Many people think that repentance is crying or lots of emotions or doing your repentance. But it's not just that because you can cry, you can have emotions, you can go to the altar and you can cry and nothing ever changed. You go back home and the same thing happens. You go back right back to the same junk that you were doing. Repentance is a true change of mind. In the Old Testament, repentance meant to turn or to return or to turn back. And in the New Testament, it emphasizes an inner decision, uh, an inward work. So Old Testament, it was, a, it was a physical turning. In the New Testament, it represented an inner decision. So Old Testament was an outward action. New Testament was an inward action. Both are an interchange of mind, which brings about an outward turning back or turning around. So when you repent, your mind changes, and so does the direction of your life. You were stuck going in circles, going around and around, doing the same old things. Like, have you ever gone back to your hometown and the people who you kicked it back with in high school or in college are still in the same places you left them at when, when you left? It's the same kind of thing. You want to be going in a forward motion. You don't want to be stuck anymore. Going through the same cycles, the same places, the same rotation. The, You know, you want to move forward. You need a forward motion in your life. For example, the prodigal son. He had it all. He had the riches. He had the inheritance. He had the promises. He was. He lived in his father's house. But he got tired. He got tired of, and he, he, he got an itch, and he wanted to go see what the world was talking about, right? That's how the enemy entices us. He's like, go see, go taste and see the world and see if it tastes good or not. And so he, lure, he lures us out there. So the prodigal son, he goes and tastes and sees, and he splanders his inheritance. And he's out there in the pig's pen, but the, the, but, they wouldn't even feed him in the pig's pen. You know, he went from having everything that he needed, spiritually, physically, to, to sleeping with the pigs. And finally, it dawns on him that, oh, snap, even the servants of my father are, are eating good food, pretty much. He's like, let me go back to my father, and at least I can be a servant. And so he runs back 
he makes it, he changes his mind and he changes his direction of his life. And that's what God's calling us to do in this hour. He's not asking for your, for your sorrows anymore. He's asking for actions to your words. He's not only asking to repent with your words, but he's asking you to repent with your mind. That you, that you have a made up mind that I'm running after Christ. And there ain't no stopping me now because I'm going all the way. I'm not ankle deep. I'm not knee deep. I'm not waist deep. I'm not even shoulder deep. But I'm all the way deep with God to where I can't even touch the ground. I'm just all the way out because I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I'm ready to run my race with Jesus. And so it requires action on your part. And from the very beginning, we were sinful people. From the very beginning, since Adam and Eve, there's been that great fall. We are born sinful, and that's why you must be born again. And, you know, I've, I saw a great um, analogy, I think it was, about how, you know, a lot of people will say, I'm, I'm born gay. Well, that's why we have to be born again. We are all born sinners. And we have to come to that intersection moment where we, where we verbally, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally receive Christ as our Lord and Savior. And from that point, we decide to serve God and we work out our salvation. So we must change our mind and we must change our direction. When Jesus was on this earth, he roamed about the earth preaching and saying, The time has been fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And the time is coming where the second coming is almost here. And that's why we must repent and believe in the gospel. Repentance is the absolute first step in your walk of faith. Repenting from dead works and acts that lead to, to death. Repenting from good charities and, oh, that's going to get me to heaven. Repenting from, um, you know, dead works. Repenting from be being a good person. Thinking that's your ticket to heaven. No. God wants a relationship with you. So when the day and the hour comes and you're caught up and judge and you sit before the judge, which is God, will he look at you and say, you're going to get two things. Will he look at you and say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Because you have been faithful over little, I'm going to set you over much. Or, war, or will his statement to you will be, depart from me, for I never knew you. We can be saved and not know Christ. You have to come into an intimate and personal relationship with him. And just FYI, there's level to the intimacy with him because he's a limitless God. And even now, Kevin and I are trying to strive for another level of intimacy with him. Because we want to be a part of the remnant. We want to be a part of the special forces that believe God for miracles, signs, and wonders. Everyone worships something. But there's only one way to the Father, and that's through his Son, Jesus Christ. The world will tell you there's many ways to get to God. But friend, I'm here to stand as a beacon of truth. That the only way you're going to make it to heaven and have eternal life after this, and the only way we'll get to you know, meet, get caught up in heaven and, and, and meet our heavenly hosts and meet you know, hopefully our family members again one day, is if we all believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So in summary, you have got to make up your mind. 
A lot of us will feel purposeless. We will feel stuck. We will feel mundane or bored or discontent with our life. But if we don't, and, and the Ephesians 2 and 1 says, and you were dead in your trespasses and sin. Being dead in your trespasses and sin and never coming to know Jesus creates spiritual death. And so you start getting this itch for growth, this itch for more. Like, oh, I want more. And y'all, this ride with Jesus is exciting. And like I told my friends, every time that, you know, especially when I was coming to Christ, I found myself at the altar so many times repenting for, to God. I found myself at the altar so many times until I got it right. I repented and I was at that altar until I felt secured. And even, you know, it came to a point where I was, you know, I pretty much left the dead works. I, I left my life of sin, but I was afraid that I was going to go back. But I'm so thankful that that song, I, I can't go back. I won't go back to the way things used to be. Because when I found God and he gave me life, oh, you guys. Nothing in this world was worth going back for it. Nothing at all. He gives you life and life more abundantly. And so raise your hand if you're, if you're asking God for an abundant life. And right now would be your time to ask the Lord into your heart as your Lord and Savior. Right now would be the time if you're listening to this and you need a Savior and you need a Father who is in heaven and you're not sure about your eternity. You're not sure about your salvation. You're not sure that when the lights go out, if you'll make it to heaven, you're not sure that um, when the time comes and the trumpet sounds, if God will look at you and say, well done, or he'll look at you and say, depart from me. My friend, here's your opportunity to say, God, today I'm making a change of mind. I'm, I'm, I'm making a, a verbal uh, statement right now to let you know, God, I'm about to change my direction with the help of the Holy Spirit. And if, that's, if this is you and your heart's yearning for more, your heart's yearning for an abundant life because what this life has to offer has been dark. At times it's been depressing. At times it's been unsure. At times it's, at times it's been messy. And it's, it's left you void and empty. But I'm here to tell you and stand for the truth that when I met my father in heaven, he gave me a life that's been abundant. And so right now, that's you. I want to lead you in a salvation prayer, prayer. And it's up to you. It's up to you to make that that absolute change of direction after we after we get off this line so repeat after me heavenly father i receive you into my heart as my lord and savior i believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose again on the third day holy spirit come into my heart lead me on this path called everlasting in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Praise God. If you received that salvation prayer today, will you reach out to me and let me know? You guys can message me on Instagram at uh, Kenzie Grantland, or you guys can reach out to me on Facebook, Kenzie Grantland, um, as well. Amen. So you've got to make up your mind and change your direction. And the second stone of our groundwork, our foundational principle is believing in God and just having faith. You got to believe if God if God said it, then it's true. Amen. John 6:47, he who believes in me has everlasting life 
To believe is to place our trust and our confidence in someone or something. Having faith is not necessarily knowing everything that God has planned for you. Having faith is, you know, you don't see heaven, but because you you prayed that prayer, you believe that you're going there. That's having faith. Hebrews 11, 1 and 2 says, Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. We're hoping for heaven, even though we don't see it when we know it's there. Having faith is believing in God's promise, even though you haven't seen the fruition of it. And John, thir- and John 3 says this, Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever, whosoever, your mom, your dad, your long lost cousin, the atheist, the Satan worshiper, the, 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 the greatest sinner in the world, the murderer, the molester, the alcoholic, the liar, whosoever, the child, black, white, Puerto Rican, whosoever believes in him. There's no shame in your sin because God didn't come into this world to condemn the world. But he came that you might believe in him and he might release you from that shame. For not God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name, in the name of God's only one and only son. So all you have to do is believe my friend and receive him in, into your heart and then change the course and the direction of your life. A great missionary was trying to translate the gospel of John into the language of his people uh, that, that he was working with. And he couldn't find the word. Uh, he couldn't find the word to, to believe. And a friend came into his house just so exhausted. And he plops down on the couch and he says, I'm putting all my weight on this chair, but I'm unable to hold myself up. And it hit the missionary. That's it. Faith means placing our entire weight and hope in Jesus Christ as God's son and savior. y'all well that's it for this week's episode i hope you enjoyed and like i said if if you received salvation today and you made up your mind that this is the direction i'm headed in i'm turning my life back around and i'm giving it to jesus please reach out to me and also i'm going to create an instagram and a page for this podcast soon so that i can better connect with you all blessings and uh we will see you all next week What's up, Refined Mama fam? This is Kenzie Grantland with the Refined Mama. Join us this week as we jump into God's refining fire as we talk about all things motherhood.